Now you and I, as we sit here, we've got a mission as well. And um, I want to take us to the book of Romans this morning. Romans chapter 5 and verses 6 to 8. So I'd ask you to turn there in your Bibles. Romans chapter 5 verses 6 to 8. And I'm going to concentrate on one verse specifically, but I want to just read from verses 6 through to verse 11. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even one would dare even to die but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us it's an amazing verse there since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I want to um, tell you a little bit about my quail chicks at home. This week, uh, um, my wife and I, we do all kinds of things, but this week the quails bred out. Quite a strong character, isn't he? Not. You see, we see a little quail chick like it, and I tell you, they're only about this big. So that looks quite big, alright? They're this big. And when they breed out like that, they are lying there helpless. And I kind of look at them, and I think, man, at least this thing's got the potential to grow a bit bigger and a bit stronger, and one day it will turn into a full-size quail, which is only about that big. When we see this verse, verse 6, we read the verse that Paul says, when we were weak, Christ died for us. And we kind of have this impression in our head perhaps that we were very weak and that's when Christ found us. But is that really what Scripture says there? Were we weak with the, with the potential to get better when Christ found us? Because sometimes we can be tempted to think that. And if we're tempted to think that, then there is a chance in me that I can reach God by my own strength, you see. So that can't be what Paul is saying. We can't take a message out into the world that somehow you'll make it if you just try and be good enough. It's like this chick. We have to watch out too in the way that we present the gospel out there in this community to people. That we don't present it in a user-friendly way. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean in a way that they can understand I mean it in a way that makes it easy for people to believe. They need to know where they are so that Christ can save them. And if they don't understand that, why should He save them? And so the first point that we get from that is that, and it's up there already, that this week means dead. And that's why I titled the sermon this morning, Christ Died for the Dead. You see, how weak were we? And we need to use Scripture to interpret Scripture. If 
this verse has been taken in isolation so many times and used to proclaim an untruth. Easy believism it's called today. What does Scripture say about we are weak? Well, verse 8, if you just glance down with me in your Bibles, it says, we were still sinners when Christ found us. Alright, so what does that mean? Well, look at verse 10. We were enemies of God. You see, when we were weak, we were still sinners. We were enemies of God. In other words, a sinner is being in a state of rebellion against God himself. And therefore, under the punishment for sin, which is death one day, but also eternal death. So we were at enmity with God. And then it gets down to the crunch. It says, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 2 says, You were dead. So weak means dead. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 2 says this, You were dead in the trespasses and the sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. If we had to put it in modern medical terms, and I have to be careful now because I'm no medical doctor, on the heart monitor, you were a dead straight line. There was no blip of hope coming up to show that there's pulse. You were deadlined, straight-lined. That's when Christ found you and I. And you might be in that position this morning. You might not know this Jesus Christ personally that I'm speaking about. Well, the Bible says that spiritually you are straight-lined. I have to proclaim the truth. It's not a nice thing to hear, but it's the truth from God's Word. But if you carry on listening, you'll hear the solution for that condition this morning. And so I'll put that to you as well. We are dead before Christ finds us. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 to 12, a little bit further down, says that no one could understand the things of God. They couldn't even search for God. And that's what a dead person is. They can't understand. They can't search for God. They can't make decisions for Christ. God has to come and do the work, you see. Is that the message that we proclaim? That the world is lost without Jesus Christ? Or do we put out a message there that there's some hope if they try hard enough? Because many, many churches are now putting out that message today. Our text carries on. It says, they were dead to God, but slaves to sin. Chapter 6, verse 17 says, that sin was your master before Christ found you. Do you remember those days, if you're a Christian here? Those days when all your time was spent on your own desires? All your dreams were for what you wanted? All your efforts and your energy was to fulfill your own passions, your own wants, your own desires? And it says that Satan was your father. Now, it's brimstone today, I'm afraid. Satan was your father. That's what Scripture says. You followed who? The prince of the power of the air, says Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. And that's Satan. So you were weak, you were still sinners, you were enemies of God, you were dead, slaves to sin. There's another one, I'm afraid. You were hopeless. Hopeless and helpless without Jesus Christ. No, back, no way back to God by your own efforts. So trying to do good, it wasn't going to cut it in God's sight. Why? Because 
says Isaiah 64, 6, all our deeds are what? As filthy rags before the Lord. Why? Because He's a holy God. He's without sin. And us human beings, before God saves us, we are sinners. We are filled with sin. And so how can sin and no sin coexist? Can't you see? And so keeping the Ten Commandments won't cut it either. That's the other thing I often hear when you move around people. I'm trying to be good. Oh no, I try to keep the Ten Commandments, you know. Well, are you really trying to keep the Ten Commandments? Because if you really were, they would point you to your sin and your condition before God. So you're back to where you started. And so they can't really be trying to keep the Ten Commandments. You see, Romans chapter 3 verse 20 says this about the Ten Commandments. It says, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight, so you can't keep them perfectly, since through the law, that's the Ten Commandments and God's law, comes knowledge of sin. So it doesn't make you feel good, it brings knowledge of sin, if you're keeping them properly. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's God's news, and so therefore I must speak it out. But I love this. There is a but in your eternity and mine. A B-U-T. And that is where God comes in. And that's the good news. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's the good news for you this morning. God can come into your situation as well. It isn't all hopeless for you. Here it is. Our text says, verse 6, But at the right time, God died for the ungodly. At the right time. You see, God had and He has a plan for humanity. And if you read Scriptures, it is there right from the book of Genesis. God has a plan for humanity. And if you're sitting here today, you are part of humanity, I'm sorry to say, but you're part of us. And God has a plan which includes a plan for you. And God made it possible for lost sinners to be brought from a separation from God into a living relationship with Him again. He made it possible. How did He do that? Galatians 4 verse 4 says this. Listen to this. But when the fullness of time had come, that means in God's appointed time for this to happen, God sent forth His Son. God sent His Son. Right? There's a mission. Born of a woman. There's a miracle. Born under the law, under the same conditions you and I live in, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons of Jesus, of God. You see, there's plan there. There's hope there for you and I. And if you're not a Christian here today, there is hope for you too. You too are part of God's plan. And He too can take you from where you are and adopt you as his son or his daughter this morning. It can happen today. That might be part of God's plan too, that it happens today. You see, at the right time, God intervened in human history. God had it all in hand already, but God at a very specific time sent his son to the earth to start this process of bringing men to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the very time, 
If you're, a, if you're a believer here today, there was a time in your life when God intervened in your life. You were going about your life as it was, and at a time, something someone said, something you read, something you heard, something you saw, started drawing your attention to God, to truth, to your own state before God. And that was God at work. God intervened in your life. And then He planted that germ of faith in you, which He later developed into, at a very specific point in time in your life, new life. He changed you from what you were into what you are now, a child of God. It was God's intervention. And this morning God might have His own appointed time for you too. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to hear the call of the Gospel coming to you. It might be today that God has chosen to bring you to Himself. And it might be through something you've seen this morning. It might be through this very message that God is calling you to come to God and to be saved. So that He, can, he wants you to come to Him so that He can open your eyes to His truth. So that when you read the Bible, it will make sense to you. Because up to now you've tried and you don't know, it doesn't make sense. Come to God and be saved. Come today. His truth will start making sense. And He will continue to draw you to Himself. You know, in some of us, that change happened gradually. And then there came a point of change. In some of us, it's instantaneous. You hear something, it reaches your heart, and you come to the Lord. It's those two ways that we usually come, you see. And so is today the time that God has appointed for you? At the right time. Christ died for the ungodly. What did God do there? You see, God took the punishment of our sin, of your sin, on Himself. He took it. And He took it through the life of His own Son, Jesus Christ. They were a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God used His Son to take your sin and mine on Himself. Christ was the only one good enough who could pay the price for sin. He was the only one perfect who could pay the price for sin. And here's the crux for me. God paid for your sin and my sin through Himself because nothing else would do. So how can we try and pay for it ourselves? Only God can do it. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. I had to get there sometime this morning. Here it is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, how? By His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Who God put forward, He sent Him as a propitiation, a, a payment, a full payment by His blood to be received by faith. You see, how do we come to God as the ungodly? We have to come to Him by believing in Jesus Christ. Because He is the only one good enough to pay the price of sin. And so there are two very important questions we come to as we come to the end of this passage this morning. The first one is this one. Who did Christ die for? And the second question, I'll follow up that one is, and you might be surprised to hear this question, 
Who did Christ not die for? See, anyone? So who did Christ die for, firstly? Well, it says, we've looked at the text, he died for the weak ones. He died for those who are dead in their sin, for those who are without God, for those filled with sin. In other words, he died for the ungodly, those without God in their lives. He died for those who realize and acknowledge that they have no hope of ever living up to God's standards. Are you one of those this morning? You realize that you will never be good enough for God. Only Christ can be good enough for God. And so you need to be in Him. And He needs to be in you if you want to be accepted in God's sight. You cannot live up to God's standards. Well, Christ died for you. Christ died for those who understand that there is no other way back to God except through Jesus Christ. And don't believe what you hear when you're walking up the street and someone comes and approaches you and said, this is a way to reach eternity one day. And they tell you a strange gospel. Someone else other than Jesus Christ. Another religion which doesn't go through Jesus Christ. There is only one way to God. Through Jesus Christ himself. No other way. That is God's truth. We are not trying to be exclusive as Christians. It is God's truth. We can't change that. We purely proclaim it. Jesus is the way to God. There is no other way back to God. No other life philosophy will bring you back to God. There is no other substitute for Jesus. Even if they say they are Jesus, come to life again, like in Australia. There is no other Jesus Christ. Only through Jesus can you be saved. And Jesus has also died for those who understand that they are at enmity with God and that only God can change their position. If you're one of those this morning, the good news is that Jesus died for you, but you need to come to Him. Now, who didn't Christ die for? Well, Jesus said, Luke chapter 5, verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh, that's interesting. So Christ didn't die for those who are good. Those who don't need Him. He didn't die for them. Because they can do it themselves. He didn't die for those who are strong. Because their own power will carry them through this life. He didn't die for those who are religious. Why? Because they've got their religion. And they don't need a saviour. They've got their religion. So Christ didn't die for those. And Christ didn't die for those trying to fix up their own lives first through their own efforts. You know, the many people I meet, they want to just get good enough and then God can save them. No. Jesus didn't die for them because they're trying to save themselves. But actually He did die for them too because they really need the saviour because they don't see it yet. And so the truth here this morning is that it's either by Jesus Christ that you are saved or nothing. It's one of the two. Jesus Christ or nothing. And so the message that you and I need to carry out, as these people are in the, mission, in the missions that we support, is this. That Jesus Christ died for you. And you and I need to take out that message as well into this little city and wherever God might send you, even if it is to the coast of the Congo or into another country where God will take you, you need to take this message that Jesus Christ died for you. 
And so I want to ask you this morning, have you accepted His gift to you? And there's only one of two answers. It's very simple Christianity when it comes to mathematics. It's one of two. No or yes. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? If not, then I want to ask you this morning, what's holding you back? Is it because you don't understand everything in here, which I've also heard? I don't understand all this, so I'll I'll first understand it, and then I'll come to God. You'll never understand it all. Is it because you see yourself as not good enough for God? He only saves good people. Man, if God knew a bit of my history, He wouldn't be able to save me. You see, this morning it says that this is the right time for God to save you. Today is the right time for God to save you. You need to come to Him today. You need to confess your guilt before Him. We've seen about that this morning. You need to confess that you need Jesus Christ, that you can't do it on your own. You need to come to Him. He says to you today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart and listen to another message and walk out of here and not come to me. He says to you, and this is Jesus' own words, come to me, all those who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you need to come. And Jesus will break that whole sin has over you. And he will give you new life where there is now only death if you do not know him. So accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Come and bow before him today. And here's a message for you too if you have accepted his gift. Because you thought we weren't going to get to you, right? Those of you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ already, those of you who have accepted that Jesus has died for me, His blood now covers my sin. Here's the question to you in light of what we've seen this morning and on our missions report back. Are you as well in Wanganui now living out your life as a slave to Jesus Christ? Are you, in other words, living in obedience to His Word daily? Are you living in a dependent relationship with the Holy Spirit in you? Do you depend on the Spirit? Or are you you're strong enough? I know God's Word. I can get out there. Do you depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you, to strengthen you, to enable you? Do you depend on the Spirit to give you the words to speak to people? Otherwise, you're in your own strength. Do you have a daily relationship with Jesus Christ? We spoke last week about speed dating Jesus. Are you speed dating Jesus? Or do you have a living, vibrant relationship with Him? You see, many of us are speed dating. Many of us. By the amount of time we spend with the Lord. Secondly, I want to ask you, are you now speaking out about the hope to be found in Jesus Christ? You know, we have to at some stage speak out the message of the gospel. Yes, Christ shines through us if we live obedient lives. People see Christ in us. But there comes a point when we need to speak out the saving message of the gospel. Are you speaking it out to someone? Even if it is just your child at home. Is there an urgency about you to see the lost saved? Or are you kind of blasé about it? You come across people, they come and go, and you see that they're not saved, but it doesn't stir you. You see, for people like 
um, those at Waka, Ethiopia, they are stirred by the lost. They see them lost without Jesus. And so they travel 240 k's walking to take the gospel to those who don't know Jesus Christ. What do you and I do? You see, we need to remember what we've been saved from. And that is why this passage really climbed into me this week. We need to be rem- remember what we were saved from at one time. You and I were weak. But at the right time, Christ died for you. And He died for you. And He died for you. And He died for me. But we were weak at that time. We were dead. And Christ found us. That is the message we've got. That is the mission you and I have. We are to be missionaries as well. So it's not them. It's them and us. We are missionaries. We've been given a mission. We've been sent out on a mission in God's timing. And it's a very specific message for a very specific time. And that is today. Will you stand up for that challenge as well? There are some in our congregation who are standing up and getting into the uncomfortable zone for the sake of Jesus Christ. How comfortable for how long do you need to stay without serving Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for just giving us a little bit of insight again this week into what these people are doing that we support with our money and with our prayer. But Lord, the gospel call comes home to us too here in Whanganui this morning. That we don't have to be a missionary out there to be obedient to you. You call us to obedience in this very community of Whanganui where you've put us. And not just the whole of Whanganui, you call us to Whanganui East. And that is where this church is. Lord, you want us to serve you faithfully here. Lord, keep us faithful as a church but also as a collection of Christians here. Keep us as individuals faithful to your call of the gospel to go out to our community. And Lord, may we not water down your gospel to make it more palatable to those who hear it, but may we proclaim the truth with power which your Spirit gives us so that you will save others, so that you will intervene in their lives and that many more will be changed from their, their place of being dead in their sins to being made alive in Jesus Christ. Lord, we plead for souls. And Lord, we plead that if there are any here this morning that have heard your gospel message, that they will, through the, the prompting of your Spirit, will come to you, bow their knees, and say that Jesus is Lord, and I am a sinner who cannot help myself. Jesus Christ. Help me in my unbelief. Lord, we pray for them. Do your work among us, we pray. Use us in this community so that you will be glorified, so that Jesus Christ, our Father, will be magnified through what we do. Be praised, our God. Amen.